0: Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds, which you can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. We're going to be joined by Andrew Spivey of Gator Country here in just a second. Talk a little bit more about Felipe Franks and the SEC. Really looking forward to catching up with him. And this podcast, though, is brought to you by BuildBar. Bar. Build Bar literally has been changing my life, folks. I know that you can't really see how good I look here on this podcast, so just believe me. I'm looking pretty good. I'm feeling good, and one of the main reasons is I'm going to the gym. I'm trying to eat a lot better, but as easy as it is to say, well, going to the gym is great and eating better is great, those things are difficult. Those things take time, and sometimes the motivation's not there. But to help me get it through it all and something that's really fast and easy is Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar that are very soft and easy to chew. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they're built great for all of us who are trying to be health conscious. We can lose and maintain our weight while also indulging in something that's very delicious like this Built Bar. They got different flavors to choose from and they have it all. And the greatest thing about it is how easy it is to eat, to snack on, especially when you're on the go and to really help yourself in making sure that you are trying to be the healthiest person you can be. And the greatest thing about it is that at builtbar.com? If you go to their website and enter in promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's right. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Head over there, check it out, get you a bulk order, start looking good, feeling good, all of that because of a built bar. It's really great. You know what also is great? Football's coming. It's almost here. Well, it's not almost here, but we're getting closer and it is going to be happening. And one of the things going on with Razorback football in particular is the new quarterback, which I know a lot of people have been interested in trying to hear more about it. And to help us talk more about it, let's welcome Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com, friend of the show who does a phenomenal job everywhere he goes and every time he's been on with us. Andrew, really appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing this afternoon?
1: I'm doing good. I'm ready, uh, ready for football. Any, uh, any time that they, uh, that you know, people say we're close, I get excited. So let's go.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're all excited. Well, here's what I need from you, man. I need you to tell us all why Felipe Franks is going to win the Heisman for Arkansas this year. Give us your best positive spin on Felipe Franks for Razorback fans.
1: When you texted me and asked me about coming on the show, it texted me that I I got a good laugh. And and the reason I got a good laugh is, you know, Florida fans have been saying for, you know, the last two years that Felipe was going to have that great season and and upticking to that, you know, potential. And, you know, again, do I think – say Franks is going to win the Heisman. No, I, I don't. But, you know, we all know that the potential for Felice Franks is there. Uh, the ability to have a really good year is there for Felice. It's just kind of putting it all together. And, you know, I, I think last year he was kind of starting to put that together. Then he went down with the injury and that kind of setting back and, you know, with everything going on in Florida, having Kyle Trask come in, it just was back for him to go to, to a school, you know, that was going to allow him to beat the Starter. and Arkansas was at school like I, yeah I think he'll put really well into what Sam Pittman tries to do if, if he does what you know we, what we all kind of think he'll do on offense and I, I think that it'll for the first time it'll be his team and I think that confidence will help him out because Sam Pittman's going to let him be that guy and everyone's going to know that QB1 is Felipe Frank
2: so Andrew as we know uh Felipe Frank's played with a lot of talent at Florida what are his strengths and weaknesses? What have you seen from him that you can tell us about?
1: Yeah, I mean, tremendous arm strength. You know, you you can point to one play in particular, and that's the the hail mary at the Tennessee game where he threw Tyreek Tyree Cleveland off his back foot from the thirty five yard line. And you know, I, I, arm strength's never been a question for Felipe. Uh, athletic ability, getting outside the pocket's never been a uh, you know a question mark for him at all. Biggest question mark for Felipe is. When to throw into coverage? When to test that arm strength? And then maybe when to just take the ball and run with it? You know, and that was the biggest thing that Dan Mullen tried to teach uh, Felipe once he got to Florida was sometimes it's okay to run the ball, sometimes it's okay to throw the ball in the stance, and then sometimes it's okay to test it out and trust your arm strength. You just need to know when it's okay and when it's not okay. And once Felipe really. I think he gets that and understands that while he has a great arm, every throw is not able to be completed, and it's okay to take a five-yard gain. And, you know, when we've seen Felipe do really well at the end of the 2018 season, that was when he was doing that, when he was taking that, instead of taking that throw that may be an interception, he was taking that five- or six-yard gain and turned it into 20- or 30-yard gains when he's running the ball.
0: Well, see, I think that's what Razorback fans are most interested by is the type of athleticism that he can bring in. But I think that's also interesting that somebody like him, that we know the transfer portal, especially when it comes to quarterbacks and college football, is just, you know, it's ever fluid. You're going to see a lot of it year in and year out. But Felipe Franks going into a situation at Arkansas, a team that went 2-10 and ten in back-to-back years, who's bringing in a brand-new head coach that's not been a head coach at this level before. Uh, Kendall Bryles, as we know, is the OC at Arkansas, so I'm sure that uh, at least that there's a connection there. But why Felipe Franks would go to Arkansas, of all places, knowing that this is not going to be an easy task in his final year of college football?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that, that I can say to that is, A, Arkansas wanted. it. And, you know, I don't want to say that Florida didn't want him. That, that wouldn't be accurate to say at all. But Florida definitely was going to put him in a situation where he was going to have to battle if No job was going to be his for, for sure. And there was a possibility Kyle Trask would have won the job and he'd have been sitting on the bench. And I, I think the biggest thing that Sam Pittman and Arkansas did was make him feel wanted, made him feel like, hey, I'm, I'm QB1. This is going to be my football team. You're going to trust me. And I'm going to be able to go out there and do what I want to do. That's Felipe, everything we've heard. That was Felipe's mindset. He just wanted somewhere that was going to believe and trust in him and then give him that opportunity to beat QB1, and that's what Sam Pittman and Kendall Brown presented to him.
2: And you you mentioned him knowing when to pass, when to run, in certain situations. Uh, How effective is he as a runner, or have you seen enough to know that he's an effective runner?
1: oh he's an effective runner there's zero doubt about that you know you just turn the tape on to the end of the 2018 football season uh the michigan the florida state game uh you just turn that those tapes on even the miami game at the beginning of last year you turn those those game films on and you just see that the athleticism is there for felipe running the ball is never ever a question mark for him at all um and he knows when to maybe take that chance and lower the head and, and when it is to get out of bounds that's That's never been a question mark for him at all. So, you know, if Sam Pittman is allowing him to run like he wants to run, zero doubt that Felipe Franks will will do a lot and pick up a lot of yards with his
0: feet. We'll continue our discussion with Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com here in just a few minutes. But first, this.
2: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast
0: with Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com right now on the West End Cigars Hotline. Uh, Andrew, I want to shift gears a little bit and, and look at Florida because Dan Mullen being there, obviously we, we know what he did in his first year as a head coach and, and the type of success that he's had. And the expectations are starting to get elevated there in Gainesville, I am sure. I, if Hopefully we have SEC Media Days this year, but I've been thinking about it. If I get to cast a ballot at SEC Media Days, I might be picking Florida to win the East. I know it's going to be Georgia's there, and Tennessee's going to be improved. But am I crazy for thinking that Florida is the best team in the SEC East this year?
1: No, I don't think so at all. You know, and and, and numerous people have asked me this question, and and they said, "Does Florida have the talent to win the SEC East?" And my answer is simply, yes, they do. You know, if if you're going to pick Florida to win the SEC East, this is the year to do it. You know, you look at just the quarterback position in general. Florida's much more experienced at the quarterback than Georgia is. They have a quarterback who's returning. Georgia doesn't. And, and you know, we don't know what Jamie Newman's going to do at, at Georgia. Uh, we all think he'll do okay. It looks like he'll do okay, but he hasn't been with Georgia at all. So No, I don't think you're uh, wrong at all in thinking that. If Florida's going to have a chance to win the East, this is the year to do it. Uh, the schedule looks favorable for Florida as well. Florida has a tough schedule with Alabama on that schedule. There's an opportunity. Florida may not even have to win in Jacksonville to get to Atlanta, and that's crazy to say. But I would say that Florida should be, if not picked, at least thought about as a serious SEC contender.
2: Now we know that Florida loses a lot of talent every year, so what does it look like as far as filling in the gaps from what they lost?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the, the biggest thing that they lost at last year that I would say, you know, you need to kind of figure out is, is the running back situation. You know, you have Michael P. Ryan, who has gone to the NFL with the Jets, and, you know, Lamichael was able to do everything. You know, he's a three-back, uh, three-down back, and, was able to catch flaws back, so Florida has the talent there. It's just who's going to be that guy. I don't know if there's one guy that will pick up all the fly. Uh, Lorenzo Lingard, the transfer from Miami, he's recently cleared and he's going to be eligible this year. So him and Damian Pierce should help there. And then you go a receiver. Receiver's probably the question mark of okay, who steps in and competes there. You lose Van Jefferson, you, you lose a guy like Tyree Cleveland, and then you lose two guys. You didn't get a ton of publicity, but we're just do it all guys in Josh Hammond and Freddie Flaine. You think Jacob Copeland will be that guy to do it? We all have high expectations for Jacob Copeland on there. Trayvon Grimes should do well, but I, I go to a position for Florida that's going to be the key, and, and it's not a key because of anybody uh, losing last year. It's just simply they were very inexperienced last year, and that's the offensive line. Florida's one of the worst teams at running the ball. The offensive line does come back, and they added a grand transfer in Stuart Reese from Mississippi State. How does that position go? You know, I think – Whether Florida gets to Atlanta or not will depend on how his offensive line improved from last year.
0: I think it's cliche to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, the SEC looks pretty wide open this year. I mean, it really does. I know that last year LSU, everyone knew they were going to be a good team, but they didn't expect that. You know, Bama's always going to be there. Florida, Georgia, there's a lot of teams that are going to be competitive. But to me, there's not one team I look at and say, oh, yeah, this team is going to be the team to beat. What do you make of what the SEC looks like heading into 2020?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you just said it. I mean, there's question marks all around the, the league, you know, who plays quarterback for Alabama? Is, is it the, 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 young quarterback in Bryce or is it back Jones uh, who plays quarterback at LSU? You know, how, how does that go? You've know, you got a new offensive coordinator at LSU as well. Um, you, you turn to Georgia, who's playing quarterback, you know, for Georgia, if, if Jamie Newman struggles, does Jamie Newman do well? Uh, I and mean, then you look at Florida, does Florida be able to run the ball in their offensive line? There's, there's a lot of question marks there. You know the, the crazy thing is, is we could look back at the SEC and say, "Oh, this is one of the better years for the SEC if all these guys work out." You know, if quarterback play works out. and You know, it, we've been through a, a kind of a, a years period where quarterback play was good in the SEC. Then there's a lot of question marks this year in the SEC. is not one of them, but outside of Florida, there's a lot of question marks. How that position kind of comes about, I think, will determine whether the SEC, you know, competing for one or two playoff spots uh, come January or not.
2: Does the East still come down to Florida, Georgia, or is there somebody else in the mix in the East?
1: I still say it's Florida, Georgia. Tennessee is getting better, but I mean Tennessee's got a long way to go, to, in my opinion, to be you know up there. So I, I still say it's Florida, Georgia. Um, you know Tennessee should be you know competing for that spot next year, but they still have a lot of question marks, still some depth issues there. Who knows? who's going to play quarterback for them, and, and you know no matter who plays quarterback, who, who's going to help them around that.
2: You are locked
0: on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, because I'm still trying to figure out as far as not only what the SEC but the college football landscape looks like. And, you know, in the SEC West, especially – I know you cover the East, but in the SEC West, it's amazing that you still have Bama with Nick Saban. you still got, of course, uh, Ed Orgeron at LSU, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. People are thinking that they could take that next step. Gus Miles on at Auburn. So you have already those guys that are pre-established. And then you add into the mix guys like Mike Leach and Lane Kiffen and to uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss respectively, and then Sam Pittman, it's it just seems like this division is just completely and totally dominated by named coaches, especially. Like I mean, where just out of your out of your opinion, where do you think Arkansas fits into all of this? Do you think that they can be a better team and Sam Pittman can be a better coach than some of these guys who maybe have more established success as head coaches at other places?
1: First things first, SEC media—they should be fun.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> it should be fun again with those guys. But no, I, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that we all know about Sam Pittman is he's going to have a a team that's going to be very physical. It's gonna, he's going to have a team that works hard and, and plays throughout it. You know, I think that's something, you know, and, and I know a lot of people hate or I don't know I, I don't know the word you guys or fans use, but they didn't like Bielma. But Bielma had a good plan in my opinion at the beginning and that was to be a very physical football team and that's what you gotta do at Arkansas and I think that's what Pittman will do. I, I think, you know, when you look at the, the West Outside of know, Alabama and LSU, it's a race. It's a, who's going to be third? And, you know, I don't know if Arkansas is that third, but Arkansas should definitely be fitting into that next phase and competing with the Texas A&M's, with the Auburn's of the world. If not this year, definitely coming up. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is Frank being a veteran guy there. He knows how to work through the FCC, and That should help Sam Pittman in year one.
0: All right, last one before I let you get out of here, Andrew. We were talking about the most overrated coaches in sports because Feinbaum came out and said that he believes Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in college football. Not necessarily a controversial opinion, but in your opinion, who do you feel like is the most overrated coach in college football?
1: I'll give you two. Jim Harbaugh overall in the country, and then the SEC is Kirby Smart. Uh, You know, Kirby Smart does less with more than anybody in the country. When, When you look at that roster with Georgia, you're not winning SEC championships and national championships, at least competing. I mean, they haven't really competed for an SEC championship and, and been there. Uh, and then national championship-wise, they haven't been there. So, you know, they do less with more than anyone.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's going to make it for a great uh, rivalry game there in Jacksonville, man. I know between Georgia and Florida, I know I'm looking forward to it. That's Andrew Spivey of GatorCountry.com. Appreciate it as always, man. Try to enjoy the great weather down there in Florida. I know we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Absolutely.
1: Hope to see you guys
0: soon. Well, appreciate everybody that's been listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You
2: are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.